Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real with you for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out. Nobody is going to make you eat better. But here's the thing. Nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from, some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy, so we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. As a species, our ability to lie, embellish, and imagine is one of our most extraordinary traits. It is thanks to our human capacity for imagination that we have walked on the moon, built the Great Pyramids of Egypt, and painted masterpieces such as the frescoes of the Sistine Chapel. It is also this imagination that enables us to create and share stories, stories that, although almost always bear some form of fabrication, can often reveal certain truths about ourselves. And yet, the notion of truth is the most elusive of things. For some, it can be a cause for annoyance, the frustration at finding not everybody sees things the way they do. For others, it can be the difference between life and death. At times, the truth can be hard, a bitter pill that might force us to even deceive ourselves in an attempt to escape from it. And sometimes, this self-deception can be so potent that sheer belief alone can serve as a satisfying substitute for the truth itself. The great physicist Werner Heisenberg's uncertainty principle 
tells us that we can never know both the momentum and the position of a particle at any one time. In other words, you might say, we can never know the whole truth, but only an approximation of it. The concept of objective truth becomes even murkier if we also accept we cannot understand anything without first taking into account the mechanism through which it is observed. Although the truth may well be out there, it begs the question, does it even exist? You're listening to Unexplained, and I'm Richard McLean-Smith. Throughout history, we have concocted stories of strange apparitions in the sky, of gods and monsters that might either threaten or protect us. In modern times, these stories are most commonly associated with UFOs. Although the term had come into use early in the 20th century, it wasn't until the summer of 1947 that the phrase really caught the public imagination. In July of that year, an American recreational pilot named Kenneth Arnold claimed to have been followed by nine saucer-like objects whilst flying his plane over Mount Rainier in Washington state. In a world still deeply traumatised by the Second World War, the United States Air Force were unwilling to take any chances and swiftly set about establishing two things. Just what exactly were those strange objects? And more importantly, to what extent did they pose a threat to national security? On this occasion, Arnold's story proved of little concern. However, the ensuing publicity led to an unprecedented influx of claims from hundreds of others citing similar experiences of their own. Although the Air Force were happy to ignore the civilian reports, it proved a little harder to dismiss those that had come from their own highly trained personnel. To this end, in 1948, the US Air Force recruited a man named Joseph Allen Hynek to act as scientific consultant on a newly established project called Operation Sign. The purpose of the unit was to create a localised repository for all suspected UFO sightings with the ultimate aim of generating rational and scientific explanations to explain the strange occurrences. For Hynek, a doctor of physics and astronomy from Ohio State University, and a committed man of science, the opportunity to dispel the emerging myths of little green men was too good to turn down. And for the first few years, this is exactly what he did. But then, something changed. Heinick noticed a pattern creeping into his work. He had discovered that although the majority of cases were fanciful and easily dismissed, for every 20 nonsense claims he received, there would be at least one that was impossible to explain. He termed these cases his unknowns. What's more, Heinick realised that in spite of Operation Sign's initial intentions, the project had rarely followed his own strict principles of the scientific method namely that every case should be approached with complete disinterest and without bias. It became clear that even if a UFO were to land on the road in front of his superiors, they would have refused to believe it. It soon dawned on Hynek that his job had not been about investigating the UFO reports at all. It was purely to debunk them. On the night of July 23, 1995, a group of amateur astronomers headed out into the Arizona desert to a strip of land just south of Phoenix known as Pecola Ranch. 
After a few hours observing various galaxies and star clusters, one member of the group turned his attention to the constellation of Sagittarius. His name was Thomas Bopp. Peering into the lens as the desert air began to chill, Thomas spotted something strange far out in the depths of space. Approximately 400 miles away in Cloudcroft, New Mexico, astronomer Alan Hale was recording the brightness of a series of comets he had been tracking for the past couple of months. After taking the measurements he needed, he too turned his telescope to the constellation of Sagittarius. And sure enough, he also spotted something unexpected, something that did not correlate with any of his established charts. Unbeknownst to each other, Alan and Thomas had simultaneously made the same discovery a discovery that would change their lives forever. Roughly 577 million miles from the two astronomers, a 40-kilometre wide mass of rock, ice and dust was hurtling through space at approximately 100,000 miles per hour relative to the Earth. It was as if Sagittarius himself had launched an arrow straight through the heart of the solar system. That arrow was soon to become known as the Hale-Bopp Comet. By March 1997, any casual observer would have been able to see the comet blazing its trail for the previous 14 months, but the best was yet to come. As the Earth spun into the evening of March 24th, people all around the world turned their eyes to the sky and braced themselves for one of the most spectacular astronomical events in the history of mankind. For those of us watching in Great Britain, the occasion didn't disappoint. For those of us located around the border of Derbyshire and South Yorkshire, it was about to become a very memorable evening indeed, albeit for a somewhat different reason. Just exactly what occurred that night over the dark misty moors of the British Peak District has never fully been accounted for. It has become known as the Howden Moor Incident, and is a mystery that remains to this day unexplained. Howden Moor, located in the aptly named Dark Peak region of Britain's Peak District, has long been associated with the strange and mysterious. The wild and misty moors have played host to a number of peculiar sightings, ranging from the ghosts of planes, people, and even UFOs. With more than 50 aircraft believed to have crashed in the region over the years, at the cost of roughly 200 lives, it is easy to see how such tragedy might weave its way into the local folklore. But nothing could have prepared the local community for what was about to unfold on the evening of Monday, March 24, 1997. With the Hale-Bopp comet coming to its brightest and most prominent point, Thousands had ventured out into the cold spring air to witness the spectacle, and the conditions could not have been more perfect. With so many people preoccupied with the comet, for the officers manning the control room of Ecclesfield Police Station in the city of Sheffield, it was proving to be a very quiet evening indeed. But all that was about to change. The first call came in just after 10.15pm. Two farmers from near a town named Bolsterstone reported a low-flying aircraft travelling in a southwesterly direction. Moments later, after the plane had appeared to hit the ground, an orange glow was seen 
followed by several plumes of smoke rising into the air. In the nearby village of Strines, local gamekeepers Mike and Barbara Ellison were watching TV when they heard a terrific explosion coming from the direction of the moors. After reporting the crash to the local police, Mr Ellison was joined by community officer PC Mick Hage as they attempted to find the location of the explosion. Although their search proved unsuccessful, they too reported seeing an eerie red glow in the sky just to the south of the moors. At around the same time, Police Special Constable Marie-France Tattersfield and her husband Steve were also driving near the town of Bolsterstone when suddenly what looked like a four-seater aircraft flew directly across their path. Marie-France noted the craft was unusually low and extremely bright and later described the incident as the strangest thing she had ever seen. As the aircraft continued on its path directly in front of them, it disappeared behind some trees and a tremendous boom was heard coming from the same direction. As the phone calls flooded in to the police control centre, a bizarre picture was starting to emerge. Witnesses reported seeing a triangular object as wide as the street passing overhead. Others recounted seeing strange pink and red lights hovering in the sky. Many reported hearing a loud bang or boom, followed by an eerie orange light glowing in the distance. There were also reports, including one from a retired Royal Air Force officer, of two tornado fighter jets flying extremely low as if they had just been scrambled for an unexpected operation. His report also noted how unusual it was for them to be seen at that time of night. One lady, described by police as a clear-headed, reliable witness who was familiar with the night sky, reported seeing an aircraft shaped like a long cigar. The aircraft did not have wings, made no noise, and appeared to be glowing. Local businessman Dan Grayson recounted seeing a bright light that moved off before splitting into two and disappearing over the horizon. Shortly afterwards, a search and rescue helicopter flew over the exact same spot. Perhaps strangest of all, was the 11pm reported sighting of an unknown man seen wandering the A57 road by the passengers of a minibus. After flagging down the bus, the man requested a lift back to Sheffield, but was refused on account of his strange behaviour. The man, dressed in dark brown clothes, was described as being in some distress and smelling strongly of diesel. The young man who reported the incident, a jet engineer in the Royal Air Force, later reported that the pungent smell of diesel was remarkably similar to the smell of aviator fluid. Whatever occurred that night was enough to convince the South Yorkshire Police to send over 200 personnel to conduct a 50-square-mile search of the Pennine moorland. The search, which cost over £50,000 of public money, lasted for over 15 hours but failed to yield any significant findings. Seeking a rational explanation for the events, Head of the Police Operation Chief Inspector Christine Burberry reached out to the many Royal Air Force bases that operated in the area. However, they informed her that there had been no military aircraft flying that night that would have explained the reports of low-flying planes and the explosions. The following day, a formal statement released by the Ministry of Defence declared unequivocally that no military exercise of any kind had taken place the previous night. The official South Yorkshire Police record 
categorized the incident as unexplained. Are you always taking care of your family? Do you often take care of others and not yourself? Now it's time to take care of yourself, to make time for you. You deserve it. Teladoc gives you access to a licensed therapist to help you get back to feeling your best, to feeling like yourself again. With Teladoc, you can speak to a licensed therapist by phone or video. Therapy appointments are available seven days a week from 7am to 9pm local time. If you feel overwhelmed sometimes, maybe you feel stressed or anxious, depressed or lonely, or you might be struggling with a personal or family issue, Teladoc can help. Teladoc is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy to change counsellors if needed, for free. Teladoc therapy is available through most insurance or employers. Download the app or visit teladoc.com forward slash unexplained podcast today to get started. That's T-E-L-A-D-O-C dot com slash unexplained podcast. Due to the extortionate cost to the public of the seemingly needless rescue operation, it fell to local MP for Sheffield and Hillsborough, Helen Jackson, to seek some more concrete answers. More than a year after the event, her questions were finally put to then Defence Minister George Robinson and Home Secretary Jack Straw in the House of Commons. But her questions were met with a familiar reply. The Ministry of Defence maintained their official stance that there had been no cover-up over this incident and no aircraft were scrambled that night to intercept a UFO. Indeed, it is a court-martial offence to break the sound barrier over land, an occurrence that might have explained the loud bangs described by many of the witnesses. Although there is no photographic evidence of the night in question, two mysterious sounds were picked up by microphones located at the British Geological Society research post in Leeds. According to senior seismologist Glenn Ford, the two bangs had without doubt come from the direction of the moors. After further examination, the sound signal was found to be indicative of two separate sonic booms, sounds that could only have been caused by high-speed aircraft. More startling, however, is the claim allegedly made by a radar operator from the local Royal Air Force base in nearby Linton-upon-Ouse. The operator claimed to have tracked a UFO on the night of March 24th for over 10 minutes before it shot off his radar screen and disappeared. The claim was later retracted, and an official statement put out by RAF Linton-upon-Ouse declared, We are the only people in this area who would be flying above the region, and we were not practising last night. We can confirm that nothing was picked up on radar either. It is not without exaggeration that the Hale-Bopp comet is considered the most widely observed in our history. With the growth of the internet in the 90s, as well as rapid improvements being made to devices of communication, never before had the planet been so interconnected in its awareness of such an event. Also, taking into account the popularity of shows such as The X-Files, it would be easy to classify the Howdemore incident not as evidence of an alien visitation, 
but rather little more than the workings of the human imagination, fueled by our collective excitement over the Hale-Bopp comet. The sightings of strange aircraft, perhaps nothing but the self-deception of people who wanted such an event to be true, coupled with our insatiable desire to attach reason and purpose to a set of disparate and mundane events. Or is there something else entirely that might explain the events of that night? Something far more unnerving. In 1998, two psychologists named Arian Mack and Irvin Rock published a paper for the Massachusetts Institute of Technology entitled Inattentive Blindness. Building on the earlier work of cognitive psychologists Ulrich Neisser and Robert Becklin, the paper included the results of a series of simple experiments that highlighted a fundamental deficiency in our sense of perception. The study concluded that due to our brain's natural tendency to band multitudes of objects and stimuli into single groups, we might often fail to notice even the most obvious of stimuli, even if it was occurring directly in front of us. Is it possible that due to the public's hypervigilance and heightened awareness of the sky above, that they were suddenly receptive to seeing an unusual object flying overhead, an object that might otherwise have passed them by completely unnoticed? Perhaps in the manner of the apocryphal story detailing the moment that Christopher Columbus approached the shores of what would later become known as the Caribbean. Having never seen such a thing before, it is said that the people of the island were completely oblivious to the huge ships approaching and only registered them after noticing strange disturbances in the water. It is widely accepted that in a physical sense at least, the world we see around us is not a truthful depiction. Rather, it is the result of a combination of both the limitations of our brains and the extraordinary way in which we have evolved to best suit our environment. Take, for example, the appearance of colour, an extravagance that only exists because of the way our brains interpret variations in the wavelengths of light. And although some may disagree, being able to see the world as a collection of solid and manageable materials, as opposed to the vibrating mesh of subatomic particles that it really is, would seem, superficially at least, to be of much more use to us. To counter these deficiencies, we have developed technologies that enable us to detect and observe the things that we might otherwise be unable to see. Things such as gravity waves and the Higgs boson. And yet, for all our technological ingenuity, we are still unable to account for what makes up over 80% of the known universe. The answer to what exactly constitutes dark matter, the substance believed to be responsible for this deficit, remains perhaps the biggest prize in physics. And if you take the view that technology is only an extension of the human experience and therefore susceptible to the same limits of perception, it's possible that some aspects of the universe might forever remain invisible to us. And if you consider the possibility that two species, having evolved in different ways, might look at the universe and see two completely different things, just what exactly is it that we are looking at? It is a thought that brings to mind perhaps the biggest question of them all. Is the truth out there 
or is it merely in our heads? This episode of Unexplained was produced by me, Richard McLean-Smith. Unexplained is on Twitter at UnexplainedPod, and you can find out more about me and the show at unexplainedpodcast.com. Now it's time to take care of yourself to make time for you. Teladoc gives you access to a licensed therapist to help you get back to feeling your best. Speak to a licensed therapist by phone or video anytime between 7am to 9pm local time, seven days a week. Teladoc therapy is available through most insurance or employers. Download the app or visit teladoc.com forward slash unexplained podcast today to get started. That's T-E-L-A doc.com slash unexplained podcast The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening what it means and why it matters every afternoon I'm Sarah Holder I'm Saleya Mosin And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from The Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.